Don't touch that dial. It's the American Grooves Radio Hour with your host, Joe Laura. This evening to our episode of American Grooves Radio Hour. Joe Lauro here, as the man said. And tonight we're going to be listening to Hawaiian music from the 1900s to the 1930s. Amazing string music and vocal music, folk music that was all the rage from around 1905 into the 1940s where Hawaiian music of all sorts, be it commercial, be it string music, be it vocal music, was recorded and very popular all around this country. Just heard a remarkable recording on the old OK label by a group called Hoot Gibson and his Hawaiian Foursome. Recorded, I believe, in Los Angeles in 1928, Maya Givy 
is the name of the tune. I don't, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but Hoot Gibson was also a cowboy on the screen. One of the early singing cowboys and cowboys that made popular westerns. This is a very different Hoot Gibson. Not the same fellow. This guy wasn't riding a horse, but he was playing a slack key Hawaiian guitar and singing an absolutely remarkable vocal refrain on that. My, I, I, I ask anyone to try to copy that at home. Don't do it. You will never do it. It's the equivalent of Hawaiian folk music scat singing, no doubt. There were hundreds and hundreds of Hawaiian groups that played throughout the country. Clearly in Hawaii, if you traveled there, traveled to Hawaii for the ultra-rich and middle class was quite popular at the time. It took forever to get there, but you know, you'd, you'd leave from LA or, or San Francisco and uh, steam on over, and Hawaiian music would be waiting for you. Sometimes little boats would come out to greet the ocean liners with string bands on them, uh, girls dancing, and all that. It was all a big, you know tourist trap in many ways, but you can't deny that there was amazing indigenous Hawaiian music being performed all around the island, lots of it in LA, and a lot of these uh, groups and great Hawaiian players wound up in early sound motion pictures. This next next fellow who started recording in the mid-1920s was named Saul Hoopy, and Saul Hoopy was a true wizard of the Hawaiian guitar, and he appeared in many, many Hollywood films, usually in some nightclub scene, never really featured for more than 30 seconds, but we're going to feature him right now on two recordings, the first being his version of I Ain't Got Nobody, recorded in 1927 on the Columbia label. Thank you. 
There is nothing else to do at Malakamakau but love. From the absolutely ridiculous Great Depression era film, I think it was a Paramount film called Down to Their Last Yacht, (laughs) about these ridiculous rich people suffering through the Depression down to their last yacht. You have to see it to believe it. Actually, a fun film. Sal Hoopy is featured in a couple of little scenes in it. But more about Hoopy. So Sal Hoopy was born 1902 in Hawaii to a large family. I believe he passed away sometime around 1953. But he was really known as a lap steel guitar virtuoso. And he played that instrument from the 20s acoustically up until they say 1935. But I dispute that because this recording that you just heard is from 1932. And to my ears, he's clearly plugged in. He's playing an electric instrument. But nonetheless, probably by 1935, he went totally electric, as they say, and made so many recordings into the 1950s, the early 1950s. He moved to um, San Francisco around 1923-24, made his way to L.A., and that is why he appears in so many of these Hollywood films as a little unbilled extra. But his phonograph records, largely on the Columbia label were quite, quite popular. When he went back to Hawaii in the mid-30s, I would say, maybe the late 30s, he recorded on some regional local labels there. Those recordings are quite rare, but he's totally plugged in. The band is a little different, but he's got this amazingly virtuoso style where it just seems like anyone could do it. There's such an ease to it, and it's just so beautiful. So anyway, um, he began playing with the great Johnny Noble's band. And Noble uh, led an orchestra in Hawaii, then to L.A., and then back to Hawaii for many years. And we're going to feature some of Noble's recordings in a bit. You can't really overlook him because he really started off so many great Hawaiian players and singers. Hey, why don't we play a Johnny Noble track right now? Here's one for you. Oh, hey, the 
Johnny Noble's little band recorded in 1932. Noble wasn't a playing musician. He was a composer. He was an American man. And he really was a band leader. He was sort of like the Paul Whiteman of Hawaiian band leaders. So many great musicians went in and out of his band. And he helped develop the Hawaiian style that became popular in the United States. He he blended truly folk music that he had heard uh, way, way back in, you know, say 1900, 1903. He was born in 1892 in Honolulu. And he studied with different Hawaiian traditional musicians. 
1917, he really started as a musical director, uh, playing at many of the Honolulu hotels. And he worked in a drummer and an important older Hawaiian player, I think born in around 1879 by the name of Sonny Kunha, who helped Noble kind of blend the traditional Hawaiian music with the more modern American music of the time. So a very influential band leader. Again, you never hear him sing or play, but those orchestras were all commissioned by him. He selected the musicians that he recorded with and worked with at the hotels. Not sure if there are any films featuring him. Uh, he, he passed away in 1944, uh, not a very old man. His legacy really went on and on and continues today with Hawaiian music, although a Don Ho is nothing on this type of music. That's clearly American pop music with a little bit of Hawaiian traditional stuff brought in there. But back in the 20s and the early 30s, true Hawaiian folk music was blended with pop music for that very familiar sound. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Benny Nawahi, Benjamin Kiakawala Nawahi, born in Honolulu in 1899. He was one of 12 children, and he went on to be a singing ukulele player, 
uh, playing on the streets of Honolulu for pennies, and then picked up the guitar uh, and um, became a local legend, often playing with uh, Saul Hoopy, uh, who we played earlier in the broadcast. And they were both rivals for the king of the Hawaiian guitar. But Benny clearly was the king of the Hawaiian ukulele style. And he recorded pretty, pretty um, extensively in the 19, late 1920s, early 1930s. Uh, I find his sides uh, to be the most satisfying. They're just totally uh, raucous. He's got a really jazz-influenced style on on the ukulele and the Hawaiian guitar that he plays. Um, Nawahi was actually um, blinded, just somehow suddenly became blind in 1935. Nobody knows exactly why, but he continued his career. He went on and on and played into the 1970s. A stroke kind of put him out of business, and he, he lived till... Uh, 1985, he died in California. But my favorite, absolutely. He recorded under all these different names, depending on the label he was on. Uh, on that, singing in the bathtub was the Four Hawaiian Guitars. <laughs> That's the name of the group. Nothing else. But it was clearly Benny Nawahi. Anyone that knows his style could identify him. Uh, here we have a cut that he did under the name of the Georgia Jumpers on Columbia Records in 1931. It's called Tickling the Strings. Thank you. 
I put Nawahi in the category of Eddie Lang as one of the great early jazz guitarists or jazz influence guitarists here, combining totally traditional Hawaiian styles with a free-flowing jazz bent. Actually, I was wrong about what the group was called on that recording. I had pulled out one of the Georgia Jumper sides, but what you just heard was actually under Nawahi's name. I think the record label says King Nawahi and his Hawaiians. Tickling the strings is the tune. Now, this next one and the final cut we're going to play by Nawahi this, uh, this evening is... My favorite. He, he recorded it on two different labels. There's about four existing takes of it. Uh, there's one that is more of an instrumental, and it's amazing how different each take really is. This is probably my favorite. It is take B on the very cheap, horribly recorded Van Dyke label from 1930, and the tune is called... Queen of the South Sea Isles. There lives a maid down in the South Sea Isles. Her hair is brown and eyes roll round and she'll greet you with a smile. And when she says blue luck, they do the hula. That's the only place for me. How happy I will be. Cause I've got a gal named Pila Popo. She's the queen of the South Sea Isles. She's a kind that says you wild. She always wears a smile. I keep an eye on Pila Popo. Sometimes she likes to flirt Especially when she wears a native skirt And all the boys follow her around Oh, when she starts to wiggle They start to giggle She'll put you in the trance with the South Sea dance Cause I've got a gal named Pila Poo She's the queen of the South Sea
The Van Dyke label was associated with three other labels, Grey Gull, Radiex, I forget what the fourth one was, and this side came out on all of those labels with a different band name. On uh, the version you just heard, which was the Van Dyke label associated with the others, it was the four Hawaiian dunces. And on Grey Gull, I believe it was released as the Hawaiian Beachcombers. It's a different world back then, folks, for sure. Joseph Kamakui and Nani Alapi, I know nothing about. They made recordings on the Colum- on the, I'm sorry, on the Brunswick label in Hawaii around 1932. I'm going to play one of them, followed by the Coral Islanders, which is a lovely traditional Hawaiian vocal group with, you know, slack key guitar accompaniment. It's amazing. I was lucky enough to pick up about 30. 1920s, early 30s discs at a recent yard sale in the area, and they were unplayed copies of some Hawaiian music recorded in Honolulu mainly in the late 20s, early 30s. Some of them were warped, but I have a way of fixing that. I actually put the record on plate glass in my oven at 175 degrees for 20 minutes, and it comes out as flat as a pancake. But anyway, that's another story. Here are two recordings I have never heard until just this afternoon.
collecting records for 40 plus years that there are still so many things I've yet to learn so many recordings I haven't heard and so many recordings that I'm still able to find in small you know batches here and there and this little batch of records that I pulled out of a yard sale in Southampton is an example of that now I'm specific you know because I'm only looking for things recorded before 1940 and to find these wonderful Hawaiian recordings. And the fact that through the wonders of radio, I could share some of them with you. Amazing. Just a man speaking into a little box, and everybody hears it throughout Suffolk County. Always will amaze me. <laughs> the reaches of Hawaiian music went well beyond the indigenous recordings of Hawaiian musicians recorded in Hawaii, and of course in California and New York. There were what they called hillbilly artists that were on the country lab, you know, country um, series of records that were put out. As I've said before, 
Country records were marketed to rural areas. They were called hillbilly recordings. And many of the Hawaiian players, who were not Hawaiian, but were country folks living in North Carolina and Virginia and Alabama, recorded Hawaiian-style instrumentals and novelty tunes. And here's an example of a little group that I really love. I know nothing about them, but their stage name was Jim and Bob, the genial Hawaiians. They were clearly not Hawaiian, but they certainly could play the slack key and Hawaiian guitars. And here they are doing The Waters of Minnetonka in 1933 on the Bluebird label. Jim and Bob, those genial Hawaiians in 1933. Folks, if you're just tuning in, this is Joe Lauro, and you are listening to the American Grooves Radio Hour. We're here every Sunday night at 10 on WLIW 88.3 on your radio dial. And tonight we're listening to Hawaiian music recorded in the 1920s up to about the mid-1930s on various labels. All different things from... Hillbilly Hawaiian, to vocal groups, 
to great slack key guitarists. And right now, we're beginning to run out of time, and I can't forget these artists. Mike Canopy was a slack key guitar player and a band leader, and he had a group that recorded rather prolifically in the late 1920s on the OK label and several others called the Columbus Quartet. And we're going to play two wonderful sides by them. They were a traveling vaudeville act. They even made an early sound film in 1929 and were very popular on the vaudeville stage. And you get to hear how Hawaiian music was presented in those years on these recordings. And here you go. Mike Kanapi and the Kalamas Quartet.
Amazing picking, no doubt, and some great singing by the Kalamas Quartet, the vaudeville troupe that presented genuine Hawaiian music across the country on the vaudeville stage and in one Vitaphone film that they made in 1929. Well, folks, that about wraps it up, and we're going to leave you tonight with a wonderful version of the Wabash Blues by the Tubai's Hawaiian troupe, another traveling Hawaiian vaudeville group they did not make as many records nor were they as popular as the my Konami group hanapi group but here they are anyway and until next time folks keep listening to the radio joe lauro american grooves radio hour good night
American Grooves Radio Hour is brought to you weekly on WLIW-FM Southampton, 88.3 on your radio dial, and at WLIW.org, and all streaming formats. 